Today on the John Ankerberg Show, my guest is Ann Graham Lotz. She was called the best preacher in the family by her late father, Billy Graham. Ann is an international speaker and a best-selling author. When Ann lost her husband of 49 years, she felt both shock and intense grief. Then just a few years later, her beloved father, Billy Graham, passed away. And then six months after his funeral, Ann was diagnosed with breast cancer. Yet through it all, she relied on the constant companionship of the Holy Spirit to help her. We invite you to join us on this edition of the John Ankerberg Show to hear Ann explain how you can rely on the Holy Spirit to be your constant companion, no matter what you are facing. Welcome to our program. I'm John Ankerberg, and my guest is the honored Ann Graham Lotz. I am so glad that you took time to come and to talk to our audience, and they're all waiting to hear what you have to say. And folks, what a topic we've got today. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit all through these programs, and today we're talking about if uh, the Holy Spirit loves you, and He does, and you love the Spirit back, and you enjoy the presence of the Holy Spirit because He can give joy to you when you shouldn't have joy, okay? He's just supernatural in that sense. And you rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to help you in different circumstances, and you embrace the purpose of the Holy Spirit, and you live by the precepts of the Holy Spirit, and you reflect on the purity of the Holy Spirit, and uh, you look at that list, and every once in a while you've got to say, I don't know if I can carry out that whole list. And, and to the folks that look, look at that list and say, boy, that's a tall order to keep on doing that on a constant basis. Have you ever faced that yourself? <laughs> of course, it is. So our focus isn't on the tall order. Our focus is on just surrendering to the Holy Spirit. And the wonderful thing, John, is that the Holy Spirit prays for us. You know, and I've, I'll, I'm just going to be honest again. I thought yeah. when I received Christ and Jesus came into my life and I found out that He came into the person of the Holy Spirit, I felt like the Holy Spirit was assigned to me. I was His job. So the... God the Father said, all right, Anna has asked Jesus in her heart, now, Holy Spirit, it's your job to go inside of her, clean her up, one day present her to me, just do the best with what you've got, you know. And, and then I found out that the Holy Spirit came into me because He loves me. He, he wants to come into me, and He prays for me on the inside, so He knows how I feel. He knows the longings of my heart. He knows my desires, my hopes, my dreams. He knows uh, what needs to be corrected, and, and He ever lives before the throne of God because He is God. And so He can pray for me without words. In Romans 8:26, it says that He prays for us without words. And there have been times, especially in the last five years, since my husband went to heaven and then my father, then my cancer journey, when I didn't have words for prayer. You know, there are times when all I do is lie in bed and moan or groan, or there have been many tears. And even though we talked about the Holy Spirit being our comforter, He comforts, yes, but that doesn't mean we don't weep. And so uh, there have been tears, but at the same time, I've been uh, enormously encouraged in the fact that the Holy Spirit prays for me uh, at those times when I don't have words myself. And He knows how to get answers to His prayers. You know, He presents my prayers to, to the Father in the right format. But, um, but then I came across the word in um, Ephesians 4.30, I think it is, that says that the Holy Spirit, we're not to grieve Him. Yep. And it's a love word. Grief, you know, I didn't know that until my mother went to heaven 
and I grieved for her. I still do because I loved her and I miss her. And then my husband went to heaven and I grieved for him because I loved him and I miss him. And my father went to heaven and I grieved for him because I loved him. Grief is a love word. And I thought if I can grieve the Holy Spirit, and I know we grieve him through our sin, our neglect, our resistance, our um, uh, disobedience, but but grief is a love word. And, and so I thought if I can grieve him, it means that the Holy Spirit living in me loves me. And that was an aha moment for me. You betcha. And the Holy Spirit isn't just a sign to me. He's in me because he wants to be in me. He loves me. When I do the right thing, he rejoices because he knows that's going to put me on a track to receive the fullness of God's blessing and all the abundant life that Jesus promised. When I do the wrong thing, he grieves because he knows that's going to hinder me from experiencing God's best in my life. Right. So the Holy Spirit prays for me without words, with a heart of love, and um, and it's he's emotionally involved in my life. Yeah, he's, let's put it up on the screen so the people can see this one. I don't want them to forget it. We're going to refer to this verse quite a few times. It's Romans 8, 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, okay? For we do not know how we ought to pray. A lot of times... Lord, I got all kinds of needs. I, I don't even know where to start. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans yeah. mm -hmm. too deep for words because He loves us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? And that is very reassuring. Yeah. Also, the very fact that when I learned that the Holy Spirit of God loved me, okay? That was life-changing. That somebody that important, God himself, who lives inside of me, knows all about me, knows all about my sins, knows my failings, knows about my thoughts. He knows everything because he's God. And he still loves me. Okay? Uh, I hope the audience grabs what that means. But I want to talk about as well our topic here, which is, can we really trust him? Okay? And you've got some neat stories, and I'm going to let you decide what part of the stories you want to talk about. But the fact is, one is we trust in his pledge. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like your little illustration in your book here. This is a great book. If you love illustrations, this is, <laughs> this is a lady that's full of fun, joy, energy, and uh, she tries about just anything, okay? And her illustrations are a blast to read. <laughs> and they come and they point toward what God's done in her life. And here's one of them, okay? When she was about 17, she said she didn't ever want to get married. Okay, I'll just give that secret away and let me tell you the rest. But along the way, something did happen, and a guy came to you and asked you to marry him. Tell me what happened. <laughs> the guy was Danny Lotz. I was 17 years of age. He was 28. <laughs> He'd just gotten out of the Air Force, and he sat across a, a table at a soda shop, and he said he was in love with me, and he wanted to marry me, and I told him, he could just hit the road because I didn't want to get married. I was looking at going to college and all that. And um, But anyway, he asked if he could pursue the relationship. And I said, you know, it's a free world. He could do what he wanted. And so he set up his dental practice in our state. And then every weekend he came to visit me. And I became very ill, so I couldn't go off to college. You know how God does things. Yes. I couldn't leave. And so I was stuck right there in my father's house. And he came up. My mother fell in love with him first, I think. And then I fell in love by February. We were engaged, and I was married when he was 29, and I was 18. But what he did in February, when he told me that he loved me, and he, he presented the proposal again, and will you marry me? And um, and I said yes. 
then he asked me the kind of ring I wanted. Right. And so I told him I wanted one more or less like my mother's ring. And so two weeks later, he came up to the house and he had the little black box and uh, and in it was the engagement ring. And he put it on my finger and I was so excited. Um, I, all, all night, I just stared at the engagement ring, you know. The next morning, I got up early, I went down to mother's room and I, I showed her what Danny had given me. And the thing that was exciting about the engagement ring is that it carried with it Danny's pledge to be my husband, that I would be his wife. So, so although we weren't married at that moment, we still had, what, 10 months? We were married in September of that year. But, but I knew, because he'd given me that ring, that one day I would be Mrs. Danny Lotz. And, uh, and then, of course, on my wedding day, he put on the wedding band and I put on that engagement ring and uh, never took it off, actually, uh, for 50-some years. But, but that engagement ring was his pledge. And the Holy Spirit, this is how, when we're just talking about him loving us, he's committed to us. So we can be embarrassed and ashamed of all the sin in our life, but you don't have to be. You can trust him. He's committed to your well-being. He's committed to your future. He's committed to help you with your past and your present. He's your pledge. So that he's the engagement ring. So when God looks at you, he sees the engagement ring and the Bible describes it as being God's seal in your life. And without that seal, can I tell you, John, without that seal, God will not recognize you as being valid. God will not recognize that your sins have been forgiven, that you have eternal life. You will not have a heavenly home. You must have the seal, the pledge of the Holy Spirit, which you receive when you put your faith in Jesus at the cross and you claim him as your savior and surrender your life to him, receive the eternal life he offers, and uh, invite him to come in. He comes in in the person of the Holy Spirit, who is your engagement ring. He's right. your seal. Another illustration you have is uh, trust in his seal, okay? In the old days, back, going back even to the Apostle Paul and earlier than that, the fact is people had a symbol or writing of some type that was carved into a hard surface of metal or stones. And when it was pressed into clay or was into wax or something, the seal left an impression that carried with it the authority of the person to whom it belonged. It was commonly attached to documents in order to convey their authenticity, authority, or ownership. And here's what the Apostle Paul said. He says, you, talking to Christians, also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Here it is. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal. And what is it? The promise of the Holy Spirit. Talk about that a little bit. Well, it, I think that's almost self-explanatory, that when you place your faith in Jesus and claim him as your Savior and Lord, then you are marked. You're sealed. And not just, um, you know, we can't see the mark and we can't see the Holy Spirit, but God the Father looks at you and he looks at me and he sees his own mark. He sees his seal. He sees the pledge of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And just like when Danny asked me to marry him, it was still 10 months before I became his wife. We, we've received the Holy Spirit. We won't actually come into fulfillment of everything that God has promised until one day when we go to heaven, either through death or through his return. But, but until then, we know that he's going to keep his promises because he's given us his seal. Yeah, I love what you said in the book. The seal apparently is also visible in the unseen yeah. world yeah. because it identifies us throughout the universe mm -hmm. as authentic children of yeah. God. And so God, the Holy Spirit, is proof of ownership. And if people have questions, 
Are they really saved? Did God really forgive my sins? Do I really belong to him? They shouldn't lack assurance because when they invited Christ into their life, regardless of what's happened since that time, the fact is God sealed them with his Holy Spirit. Talk a little bit more about that. Well, it's, it's permanent. You know, the seal can't be broken. You did nothing to deserve the seal except you received Jesus by faith as your Savior and Lord. You can do nothing to, to undeserve it, you know, so that once that seal is in your life, once the Holy Spirit comes in, that is a permanent relationship that marks you forever as being a child of God. Yeah, and I love what you said. Jesus himself reaffirmed that no one can snatch us from his, his hand or his Father's hand when we're sealed, okay? Not any sin, not any person, not any circumstance, not any disease, not any demon, not ourselves, not even death, okay? Let's go to another one. Trust in his understanding. You love the fact that your mother, she understood you. You know, I, I pray that I understand my children the way my mother understood me, but I, I didn't have to explain things to her. I didn't have to defend myself. I didn't have to make excuses. My mother just got me. She just understood, and she would have these little pithy statements where she could just quickly capture um, whatever the issue was and come through with enormous wisdom and wit. She was very witty, but she loved Jesus. She loved her Bible. She's the one that taught me not only to read it every day, but just to see her pouring over the scripture and reading and studying. She taught me to love God's word because it's through the word that we get to know Jesus. That's what that passage is from John 16 when it says in verse 13 that the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. The Holy Spirit is the one that takes the things of God's word and he reveals Jesus to us through the pages of our Bibles. And my mother got that and she understood and we had that bond because we both were in love with Jesus through his word. And you'd love to hear your mom pray for you. Yes, I did. And even when she was very feeble, I would ask her mother, just pray. And her voice came out halting and sort of thin, but I mean, she knew the one to whom she was praying. My, yeah. my daddy did too. Apply that to the Holy Spirit. He's utterly trustworthy. Why? He's utterly trustworthy because he is God. And so he can't be less than himself. You can confide in him. You can take him at his word. You can depend on him. He's, um, he's trustworthy. It's something we've lost in this day and time. There's a lack of trust in institutions, in government, in relationships, even in church, between people and friends. The Holy Spirit is one person that you can lean 100% on, knowing that he will never let you down. He is absolutely trustworthy. Yeah, I love the list that you put in your book. He lives within us, so he's intimately familiar with all of our ways. Listen, folks, with all of your desires, all of your doubts, all of your decisions, all of your dreams, your feelings, your fears, your problems, your pressures, your sicknesses, your suffering, your wounds, your worries, our secrets, and our selfishness, he knows all about it because he's God and he lives inside of you. He knows all about you. And the psalmist said, O oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You would know when I sit, when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar off. For a word is on my tongue. You know it completely, O oh Lord. And then he asked the question, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? And what's the answer to that? Nowhere. Nowhere. Why? Because <laughs> God is everywhere. He's and there. the Holy Spirit is omnipresent, which means he is everywhere uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they're omnipotent, they have almighty power, they're 
omniscient, they know everything, they've never had a new thought. That means the Holy Spirit has always been thinking of me, you know, yeah. always consumed with my, uh, my life, my needs, my desires, uh, my well-being, but he's also um, uh, omnipresent. So he's fully present with me, fully present with you, fully present behind these cameras, fully present with the people who are watching and listening. The Holy Spirit is present with you wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever you're doing, wherever you live, the Holy Spirit is with you. He lives in you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And he's committed to you. So it's a wonderful thing to know that there's nowhere we can go that he is not. Yeah. You said that uh, even when your mom was dying, you would ask her mm -hmm. to pray for you. Mm -hmm. And it really brought tears to your eyes mm -hmm. because she knew you yeah, so right. well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Apply that yeah. to the Holy Spirit because he also prays for us mm -hmm. and he loves us. Yeah. You know, it was an adjustment, actually, when she left because I, uh, I didn't lose her. I know exactly where she is, but you know what I mean, when yep. she's no longer right. she wasn't on there. earth. Yeah, that uh, I'm, I missed the one who understood me, who prayed for me with that kind of understanding. And so I had to make a transition in a sense, um, not that she was a substitute for the Holy Spirit, but that I needed to, to learn to lean on him more. And... So uh, what I've written in the book that you so graciously held up is, is my experience of the Holy Spirit as a divine daily companion. And I've, I've had to grow in that and learn more about who He is and how I can reveal things to Him and trust Him and lean on Him and pray to Him. And when I don't have words, just knowing that He's praying for me and doing it with wisdom and um, knows how to articulate what uh, I, I need and present it to the Father. So, I love you what know. you said in the book. The fact is, the one who lives inside of us, who is very God, mm -hmm. he has access 24-7 yeah. to the inner sanctum mm -hmm. of the throne room right. in heaven. Yeah. And he knows precisely mm -hmm. what the will of God the Father is for us. Mm -hmm. And he applies all of this to his prayers mm -hmm. so that he can articulate accurately our issues mm -hmm. and sync them up perfectly mm -hmm. with God's will. The Bible says the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Mm -hmm. And uh, then it talks about if the Holy Spirit does all of this for us, we have a little warning to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. This goes with the verse, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. I love word again. But in front of that, unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs. I keep saying that, you know, you, see, you hear so much gossip at church and critical gossip as well. But, you know, don't do that. Your talk should benefit those who listen. And then it says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all the bitterness, the rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ, God, forgave you. And because he loves you, what does he try to do? What is the Holy Spirit trying to do? He's trying to conform us to the image exactly. of Jesus. You know, so, so those things that you read um, and the list of sins, the unwholesome talk, the slander, the gossip, and I think sometimes... Uh, in church, gossip is uh, paraded as prayer requests. But did you know so-and-so, we really need to pray for her, and, and then we just gossip, you know? And 
And that's not pleasing to the Holy Spirit. But we can sit here and point our finger at all different sins, but it's the Holy Spirit who will bring a specific sin in our hearts and lives to our minds. But but it, that's coupled with reading the Word. So it's not just reading a list, as I did, but read the Word as you did and, and let the list of sins that are in Scripture um, you know, think about them, what, how they apply to your life. And, and I'll tell you something else I've learned about sin, that it's easier for me to see sin in your life than it is in my life. And in the South, where I was raised, we have little bugs called no seems. They'll bite the fire out of you, but you don't see them. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to my daddy one day. My whole family was around the table. And I said, Daddy, why don't you tell us something for the whole family? He said, I'm going to wait till we all come. And I said, Daddy, we're all here. And he said, well, uh, where? And so I named the people around the table. And then he laughed. He had macular degeneration. He said, well, I can't see them. And so it was a no sin. And I think some of us have spiritual macular degeneration. We just can't see the sin in our own lives. And so we need to ask God, the Holy Spirit, to reveal to us the sin that's keeping us from reflecting Jesus, keeping us from being pleasing to God, keeping us from being uh, that pure, holy person that's he wants us to be, which is the one that's blessed and filled with joy and hope and peace. And so the, the things that Holy Spirit offers as we're filled with him are things that I think we're looking for, striving for, but in all sorts of crazy places. Yeah, now let me ask the audience something before I ask Ann something, okay? Those of you that are listening, and you've listened to how much the Holy Spirit loves you and is in you and all the things he wants to do for you and how he wants to show Jesus to, uh, through your life and, and show you things about Jesus and bring your prayers right to the Father's throne, okay? Let me ask you this. What is your priority? Do you want to get to know him better? Do you want to live for the Lord Jesus? I hope that if you've let things slip, that today you would recommit yourself to following the precepts of the Holy Spirit, that you would want Jesus to be glorified in your life and that you'd be willing to let the Holy Spirit point out sins and point out things and give you the strength to overcome those things. And so you need to stay focused. Stop looking at what might have been, could have been, should have been. Stop rolling your eyes in cynical doubt or confusion. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you into all the truth, the truth that you might not know. Get to know Jesus so well that you love him that you love him completely with all of your heart, and you just have to serve him. Now, Ann, some of our people, they're not in that spot. They uh, are listening to you, and the Holy Spirit's talking to them, and they have a yearning to be that way. They know there's a lot of things they've got to correct. They need encouragement, but they want to have their whole life filled with the Holy Spirit and to serve him and to read their Bible, and to know God, and to know and love the Lord Jesus. I'd like you to end by praying for them that they will be able to do that, that they will start, okay? Even with all the baggage they might have, they will start with the confidence that God's able to get them where he wants to get them, okay? Would you pray for them? Yeah, I, I would love to, and I will tell you that the Holy Spirit... Um, the yearning that we have to know God, the yearning we have to be more like Jesus, the yearning we have to be more in sync with the Holy Spirit, that comes from the Holy Spirit. So, so that's evidence already that he's working in your heart and in your life um, to, to conform you to, 
God's will to conform you to the image of Jesus and give you that desire. And what he begins in you, he will complete. So don't worry about cleaning yourself up. You just come as you are. You surrender your life to the Holy Spirit and he'll, he'll take care of you. He will show you what needs to be put out. So let me pray for you. So, Father God, we bow before one who is holy, high, lifted up. You're seated on the throne, and yet you say that you dwell with those who have humble, contrite hearts. So we come to you, Lord, confessing once again that we are sinners. We have um, nothing in ourselves that would deserve any blessing of heaven at all. But we come to you in the name of Jesus, and just as the Holy Spirit can go into that inner sanctum, so can we. We can enter into that most holy place through the blood of Jesus, and, um, and you have promised that you would bend down your ear, you would hear our prayer, that you would answer our prayer, your prayer-hearing, prayer-answering, miracle-working, covenant-keeping God. And so we thank you that your covenant has been sealed. We have been marked with the pledge of the Holy Spirit. So we thank you that from the moment of our salvation until the moment we see you face to face, the Holy Spirit is responsible for getting, getting us from the first step to the last in a way that brings you pleasure. Lord, I pray for each one of us that we would make it our priority to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, that we would surrender to his lordship, his authority in our lives, knowing that he wants the best for us and knowing also that his priority is Jesus. He wants us to know Jesus, to love Jesus, to serve Jesus, to tell other people about Jesus. And Lord God, we want to be in sync with the Holy Spirit. So we just ask now your blessing on all that we've discussed, that you would um, work it into our hearts and minds that from this day forward, we would begin to live in a way that's pleasing to you as we are dependent upon the Holy Spirit and filled with him. And we pray this please in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Amen. Folks, I believe the Lord's been speaking to you today, so I hope that you'll follow Ann's words. Don't forget them. And uh, Ann, I want to say thank you for coming and sharing God's word in such a powerful way to our people. I think a lot of people around the world, they're going to remember what you've said from God's word, and God's going to use it. And folks, I thank you for watching today. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Ann's book. And so I've got a personal word for you. If you'll just stay tuned, uh, I'll talk to you in just a moment. For additional resources, log on to jashow.org. That's jashow.org.